welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Welcome, welcome. We're back. I know it's been a hot second, but we're back. <laughs> and I didn't die of the bubonic plague. So Sarah yay. didn't die. She's still here. She's alive and we're back. <laughs> I'm here. And I also want to give you guys a shout out for like all the sweet suggestions that you gave me for how to get better or your flu remedies. And I have to just read a few of them quickly because they made me giggle <laughs> and I know they made Katie giggle as well. Yeah, for so people of who don't you have know. Like, yeah, just I was just going to tell people that Sarah asked on Instagram like how oh, your, right. your remedies for a flu and these are what people wrote back to her. They were very cute. <laughs> it, they were so cute. So you have like the practical ones, which are like, you know, heated whiskey, lemon juice and honey, lots of rest, essential oils, ramen soup, crackers, you know, all the good stuff, bone broth, which I had never really heard about, but we had like um, quite a few say bone broth, actually. <gasps> I love bone broth. Um, yeah. Yeah. I never even considered that. Like, I just didn't even, I'm so ignorant when it comes to a lot of <laughs> cooking stuff, but um that was good and then ginger tea shout out I drank a lot of ginger tea and some orange juice and shit like that so thank you everyone and then oh the European people did like mouse beer which or sage tea which I've heard of in Germany or like thyme tea and elderberry syrup and all that good stuff uh but then the funny ones okay not to dismiss the other people <laughs> send in the practical ones because those are very helpful they helped and I heal. appreciate yeah. like they healed me um, then we have <laughs> the magic of Jesus, which is a good one. Thank you. This is my dear friend, um, who I met in Chicago and made me giggle that she sent that. Um, where's another one? A holistic silver spray. Is that, I don't know if that was a giggle, like a funny one, or if that was true. So sorry if the person who sent that in is like, bitch, that was a real thing. Cause I didn't know. Um, <laughs> Edibles and sleep. That was my, my favorite. A shout out to, to Katie's boy. Just throw that out there. Um, <laughs> um, what was the other ones? Uh, let's see. Oh, <laughs> the power of prayer. Pray to the god of sickness and tell him to fuck off, which was delightful. <laughs> that one made me giggle. Dear and god then, of yeah. sickness, can you please politely fuck right off? <laughs> Could you just um, go fuck yourself? That would be delightful. Thank you. No, so point being, thank you, lovely people. That was very kind of you and helpful and made me giggle when I was uh, doped up on meds. So, mwah, thank you. <laughs> Yay. Um, um, I wanted to do a little shout out just really quick to our, our first patron on Patreon, um, Christina. Hello. She's amazing yeah. and she's awesome and um, we appreciate her. So if any of you all are interested in joining the amazing, I think she's in the Celestial Kingdom even. She is. Yeah, we have tiers set up in our Patreon account where <laughs> you can go to different levels of of heaven, and she's in the top one. So if you want to be cool and hang out with Celestial yeah. Christina, you should you should go check out our Patreon. <laughs> you should. It's amazing, and Celestial Jesus will be there, and Celestial God. Oh, I'm sorry, Heavenly Father. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Elo- he'll be there. Elohim. 
I giggle every time I say that. <laughs> I, I can't take too. it seriously. <laughs> this is the thing is that like I when I first went through the temple and heard that I was so fucking confused because a it was in Spanish and I was I convinced myself it was just like a Spanish word I'd never heard of. <laughs> fucking Elohim, like. I don't know what this is. And then when I heard it in English, I was like, I'm still not getting it. Who is this? Like, this isn't is this like any a new scripture. god? Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> is this a, what? What happened? Is this like Heavenly Mother? Is this her name? Are we finally talking about her? Like, what is going on? <laughs> so confused. Oh. Um, delightful. Also, talking shop and another little admin thing. I don't know. Um, so I don't know if you guys listened to Katie's wonderful mini episode that she did last week on, uh, the LDS living Instagram page. So listeners, if you didn't listen to that episode, or if you don't know what we're talking about, just go to LDS living, their Instagram page. And if you click on, I think the question, like they did a little video that's like, what has the priesthood done for you or something like that with the priesthood. And the comments are gold. Like, so good. It's, yeah, they're amazing. It's pretty much, I I would say, like, 95% are ex-Mormons. And yeah. I don't know how it got started in specific. Um, I know there's just some really amazing, amazing comments that started generating other comments. And I think, like, Sarah was just saying before we... We're recording. I think it's up to like 400 comments now. Yeah, it's an insane amount. Like, it was addicting. When I discovered it when I was sicky last week and in bed, I was like, what is this? And I couldn't stop reading. Like, I read every comment and was like obsessively liking every single thing because yeah. I just couldn't stop myself. <laughs> um, so sorry for the people who are listening and who actually had those comments and you see that Not So Molly Mormon podcast liked every single thing. That was us. <laughs> that was us. I, I think that I went back through. Me. I went back through and I was like, oh, I love what this person said. I even started like, you know, following all of those awesome people. <laughs> yes. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I'm here for you. Yes. <laughs> so amazing. So point I think we should start a movement. Like whoever started that first comment on the thread like bravo cheers to you amazing and also like i think we should just keep doing it with every post that they do like i know every lds living post just comment and i bet you anything what will happen is that they'll turn off the comment function yeah, yeah. you know yeah. what it'd be amazing if that could happen all across social media even if and in other Instagram accounts as well that are, like, Mormon-related. I think that'd be so cool if ex-Mormons just start finally having, like, such a strong voice that they can't silence us, even on their own social media platforms, unless they turn off the comments. <laughs> exactly. But you know what I was thinking, too? When I was looking at those comments um, last week and reading them, I thought to myself, like, if I – if if I were reading these comments when I was a Mormon, because say I like this page, which I used to, I used to do those like inspirational shitty quotes all the time. And be like, <laughs> Oh my God, let me repost on my social media. Um, I probably would have started questioning the church. Actually a hundred percent. I would have started questioning if I started reading all of those comments and being like, fuck. Like, yeah. Cause it's this not, it's not just, yeah, it's not just like one <clears throat> person making a comment against Mormonism. It was like 300 people making comments against 
you know, things that they've suffered because of the priesthood and because of Mormonism. So then it's like, okay, it's not just one person that's bitter. This is an actual problem. Exactly. And it wasn't, I think what was brilliant about the comments too, I mean, it obviously was very tragic to, to read those stories. They're quite horrendous, but, um, it was really powerful and smart because they just told their stories and they didn't bash the church. I mean, of yeah. course they were sarcastic in some of the parts about the priesthood blessings, <laughs> you know, I'm doing air quotes, blessings. Um, but it wasn't like, Oh fuck the Mormon church or like, da, 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 da. it was just like literally answering the question that they posted by putting their story of yeah. how the priesthood blessed them or how it helped them or whatever the question was. And it was just like, Whoa, yeah. okay, these aren't, like, bashing the church, like, because that used to turn me off when I would see that as a Mormon, or even when I was starting to question, if it was, like, overly bashing, I was a bit like, uh, yeah, I don't want to read anymore, but just reading, like, stories that are just the truth, and nothing more to it is quite powerful, Yeah, and I think sure. would be a very effective tool to helping people who maybe are already questioning the church or who aren't, but just know that there's a bad feeling in their tummy when they think about what they're doing in the church, <laughs> which yeah. is common for a lot of people. Oh, for sure. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's a side note. But moving on to our topic What's our today. topic today, Sarah? Let me tell you, Katie, our topic <laughs> today is on vulnerability. Vulnerability. Yay. And Mental health, yay! So we're probably gonna, you know, separate this. Separate I, English, man, so hard. We're probably gonna do a few episodes on these topics just because they're pretty giant ones. Like, I mean, I don't think we can cover all that we want to, and I think it'd be great to get input from the listeners and your own experiences and just like different angles that we can approach. Because Katie and I, as We've said in every episode, and we'll continue to say every episode, we are not experts. No. So do not listen to this episode and think I'm fucking Brene Brown because I'm not. And I have not studied or researched anything. I'm just speaking from my experience with vulnerability and especially in the church and also my own personal experiences with mental health and the stigma around it, especially, again, related to the church. So right. if you have... Any additional comments or, like, suggestions for us, we're open to it. But just don't think that we're pros or experts. Yeah. So. Because we're not. Because <laughs> I show ain't. So. <laughs> we're not. Um, so, yeah. So, I think I posted a story on Instagram a few weeks ago um, about vulnerability. And I asked, like, the listeners what you guys um, what you considered vulnerability. And so I kind of just want to read those because we had some pretty cool, pretty cool comments that I would like to give some shout outs and also things that I just never really considered as vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you don't mind, let me take a hot second. Yes, to read these let's, read, let's read some. <laughs> let's read. It's reading time. <laughs> Children, get in a circle. Gather around. It's reading time. <laughs> Gather around. Um, <laughs> So one, uh, one person said, a willingness to expose yourself as you are, no facades or presentation, just yourself. Hmm. I like that. Which is interesting. I have a comment to that because I especially, um, I oh my God, that is the third time I've used the word especially. I need to find a different <laughs> word or expand my vocabulary, possibly better. You know, it's funny, that just reminded me, in one of our early episodes, I think I said basically, I think I said it like 25 times. I, 
I was mortified afterwards, but I was like, well, it's in there. I'm not editing it, but <laughs> basically, I'm a basic bitch. Anyways. Basically. But you know what? I'm starting to say that now, too, because my boy says it all the time, but in a British accent. Right? So he's like, basically, blah, 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 blah. But that was a horrible accent. But he says it before, like, every point he's going to make. And so now I feel like I'm doing that. And I'm like, motherfucker, if I say basically one more time, I'm going to go crazy. Um, anyways. Sorry. Anyways, point being, sorry, guys. I will use a different word other than especially. Um, But, yeah, this whole idea of, like, um, being yourself and not a presentation, I felt like I was always trying to be this perfect Mormon woman and never myself. Like, if I went to church. I feel the exact same way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, I was always, like, I had a mask on, right? Like, if I was at church or hanging out with church people or, like, at any type of activity or even in the temple, I was like Molly Mormon Sarah, you know, like completely different. And then bitch would get home and take off those church clothes, <laughs> put on my fat girl pants and watch them show and probably masturbate. So clearly that was not <laughs> the person I was really. Sarah, do you still feel like that sometimes? Um, like you're almost wearing a mask or not being yourself around people who are still Mormon? Yes. Because I, sure. I definitely feel like that, and I sure. I try to still be authentic, but I, it's very hard, and and so I think that vulnerability definition is really interesting and true for me because, around my very Mormon family or Mormon friends, I definitely hide part of myself, and mm-hmm. I'm not it really true to myself because, I'm worried about what they're gonna think. I'm I want their approval, and I'm so you know accustomed to making myself be acceptable to others because of Mormonism. Yeah, no, I think that's 100% true. And I think I I was talking to Jay about this in the beginning because I, I feel like people who leave the Mormon church go through phases. You have, like, the first phase, which is, like, shock, and the second phase, which is, like, you know, you're lost and confused because you don't know who your identity is. Third phase is, like, anger. Yeah. Where you're just, like, pissed that you wasted your life on this. Yeah. And then the fourth stage is, like, you know contentment like you know finally figuring out who you are and being able to just move forward type thing I mean of course I'm skipping over a lot of steps but essentially my point is that when I was in that anger phase I was so pissed off and I was just like fuck Mormons like I'm tired of it and we had a mutual friend and I was just very like not Jay and I had a mutual friend but I had like a friend in the that was still in the church and I was just like, you know what? Like I'm not gonna filter around this person, like fuck it, I'm gonna be myself and I'm tired of like trying to be someone I'm not. It's not authentic, blah blah blah. And I mean I did that for a while, but then it, it still made me uncomfortable and it got to a point where I was like, Can I still be friends with people who are Mormon or not even necessarily Mormon, but just more on the conservative side or more and a religious point of view. And I mm-hmm. thought like, I, I kind of convinced myself that I couldn't do it because I was so tired of, of filtering and like putting on this mask. But then I thought about all the times that these people who were non Mormons who were friends with me <laughs> for several years. And I thought, Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. If they could put up with my shit and like <laughs> filter a bit around me, then I should be able to learn once I'm out of this angry phase to, to not, Maybe, and I think your point as well, like, I think it's two levels. Like, you have being vulnerable and being yourself in front of everyone, no matter if they're Mormon or not. 
And then there's a second part of learning to edit, maybe not filter, but just edit. Yeah. And that's where I struggle to find the balance because I'm quite often like, no, if I, if I edit that, then I'm not being truly myself. And then I'm like, well, no, because I wouldn't say that in front of my mother. So maybe I should just not say that in front of (laughs) this person or whoever it might be. Like, I think it's just learning to edit rather than putting on this fake representation or this mask, you know, it's a fine line for sure. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, I don't know. That was probably really confusing and didn't make any sense, but that's kind of how my brain processed. No, I got you. I I think we all followed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, delightful. Next point. Um, This listener said, to let yourself feel how you feel, even if it's scary, which is quite an interesting. Yeah, I think that's a good point, too, is just not trying to control. So I think part of vulnerability is letting go and not controlling. And especially, um, so I can get to just later, but like I wanted to talk about how, and I talked to my therapist about this. Shout out to Alan, who <laughs> was my therapist. When I told him I was doing this podcast with you, he was like, oh, I don't really know much about podcasts. Where do I watch it? Oh, no, like, cute. <laughs> Oh, you listen to podcasts. That's cute. Um, so I was telling him, like, we, we often discuss vulnerability. And I was telling him that I feel like <clears throat> several reasons why I struggle with being vulnerable and um, opening up and kind of letting go of the control is because part of the Mormon church is so much about control, right? Yes. Like, you know you're taught the outcome of every choice that you make. Yes. And you're so taught, yeah. it's control, uh-huh. right? Yeah. So and if it... I, you know, fast enough, if I pay my tithing, if I'm a righteous churchgoer, I know the outcome will be that if I don't get married in the temple and have kids on this life that I will in the afterlife, that I'll go to heaven, that I'll go to a celestial kingdom. Like there's always an answer to the outcome. Like, and I don't have to, really rely on maybe or make a decision and not know what's going to happen like a dramatic consequence of my life like everything is controlled sure things happen but we're always taught that like well okay shit happens but that's just part of the trials and that's going to make you stronger and blah 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 so there's always a control and there's no there's no letting go and there's no vulnerability and there's no expressing your emotions right. or really just being in the moment, like, is, you know? Yeah. And like you were saying, and, and what that listener was saying with feeling your feelings, even if they're scary, that's definitely a thing that you don't really do in the Mormon church because they say either just have faith or whatever. There's something that you can't sit and feel the actual feeling. Um, like they say in the Book of Mormon musical, I don't know if you you haven't seen it, but there's a I haven't seen it yet, but I really want. To. There's yeah, a song. <laughs> there's a song in there that's called "Turn It Off," and they just go turn it off. T- t- like anytime you feel anything uncomfortable, anytime you feel anything sad, or if you're feeling something other than what the church tells you you should be feeling, you just turn it off, and that's the wow. opposite of being like vulnerable and open, right? Like you're just. Yeah, controlling and not that's, letting yourself feel those emotions. That's a really good point. And I think um, that's, I mean, the fact that they have a song about it tells you in and of itself, like, how common it is in the Mormon church. But this idea of, like, any of, like, if you feel uncomfortable or maybe you're like, oh, Joseph Smith, that's that's not making me feel okay or 
you know, African-Americans in the priesthood (laughs) or, you know, the LGBTQ. Sorry, guys. I always have to, like, say it so slowly because I fuck it up every time. (laughs) Um, And I'm always like, I can't do it. My brain can't do it. Um, just like anytime I would question that kind of stuff or feel like, okay, my, I don't feel good about that. I was instant, like, you know, turn it off. Like, yep. don't deal with it. Don't have this emotion response. Like, you, you know, don't deal with your emotions. Don't actually question it and go down that road and figure out why you feel that way. Right. Which I mean, is something that outside of a religion is something you should be doing, but I feel like you're so used to controlling every aspect of your life and Katie and I were talking about this before um but it's also this element of or how I felt personally was if I had a shitty day or something really bad happened to me and I was sad or upset or angry or hurt or disappointed like any of those emotions heartbroken whatever I always felt like I wasn't allowed to really feel those emotions because that would make me ungrateful that would make me Uh, weak or unrighteous because I didn't understand God's plan for me or I wasn't faithful enough or I wasn't patient enough or whatever it was, I wasn't enough. And so Mm -hmm. I couldn't actually just sit there and cry or feel in that moment or have those emotions because it was like, you know, I feel like, oh, I'm being ungrateful because I have so many things I should be grateful for. So the fact that this boy broke my heart, you know, I just need to brush it off and get over it and just move on because it doesn't matter and blah, 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 or God has a plan for me. And this was just part of his plan. So I shouldn't actually yeah. feel or have these emotions. You I never, should just move on. You never get a moment to process what you're actually dealing with and feeling because you feel like you're not entitled to feel those feelings. And mm-hmm. that's, and that's really sad. Yeah. And I, I, I bet a lot of people that are listening can relate. Like there's probably been times when, you know, we've, we've all, a lot of us have been Mormon or religious or something. And you're basically told that your feelings are invalid and you shouldn't be having them. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Or it's just like quickly dismissed with other things. Yeah. Like, um, you know, you're feeling sick or whatever you're going through. Okay, we well, you know it. Don't actually deal with it, but get a priesthood blessing oh, instead. I I can't tell you yeah. how pissed off that makes me because that's not only disrupting like and very damaging to mental health. That's also very damaging to your physical health, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're sick, physically sick, you need, you know. Uh, to go to a physical doctor if you're have a mental something that's mentally happening and you need like therapy or you need medication you don't just need a priest blessing you need to go to a doctor no. it like drives me insane that they replace exactly they replace or, medicine with blood uh, quote-unquote blessings oh so annoying or yeah exactly or you know like uh, whatever maybe you're you're struggling with just like you're confused in life like I had that often where I really wanted to actually talk about my feelings or like maybe I was having just like a a really shit day and I I don't blame it just on the Mormon church like as Katie and I talked about before like I think it's a lot to do with my upbringing like very conservative southern family where you just don't talk about shit like no one in my family talks about things it's just the way things are done, like it's Southern, you just, you make pretty and you don't say anything, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I had like double whammy when it came to that. And I would never want to talk about it because if I started to, especially like 
with Mormon friends, it was like, oh, you know what? Well, you're going through this hard time because God knows you're strong and this is a trial and you'll get through it and just don't think about it anymore. Just learn from it, write in your journal and like move along and blah, 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 but not actually being vulnerable and and talking about it. You know, like I never actually like talked about shit that happened to me or like these emotions that I was feeling or even romantically. I felt like dating in the Mormon church was very superficial for me. Again, maybe Mormon listeners are, you know, thinking, well, no, I have a very deep connection, whatever. I just never experienced that personally because I was never vulnerable with anyone. Right. Until I was 30. Like, I'm just now in a relationship where I'm finally being vulnerable. And it's like a struggle bus. Like, I mean, I'm fucking (laughs) driving that bus every day. Like... Choo-choo, get out my way because I'm driving it. Like, But you're being yourself, finally, yeah. which is – that's awesome. Congrats I on that. I am, but, you know, it's it's interesting the things that you kind of discover about yourself with, with this whole process of being vulnerable because it's – and especially outside the church is I'm like, oh, like, normal people actually talk about this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like, I'm not supposed to just – you know, deal with it on my own and just like get over it. Like I'm actually supposed to open up and talk to people about it, especially my partner. Like, right. That's like, cause I always felt like before it was an inconvenience that it was. And also that you'd be, yeah. And that I would feel like I would be judged or seen as less than, you know, if I would talk about things or things I'd, that had happened to me in the past or that I'd done in the past or things I'd, I felt and I wanted to be authentic and real. It, it's scary because you. I would feel like I was judged by, especially members of the church. Um, and mm-hmm. it took me a long time to realize that if you're vulnerable with the right people and they'll listen to you and help you, that it's so healthy and nice. But <laughs> it was it hard is. to get over that initial, like, you know, hurdle because you're so conditioned to just bottle it up. Mm-hmm. And exactly, like, I think it's a really great segue to the, the next comment someone says is being willing to face judgments, uh, which yeah. exactly what you're saying, like, um, being in the Mormon religion or any type of religion or community that is very harsh with their judgments, like, you don't, you don't want to be vulnerable because it's, you know, that there's going to be judgment and that and you know, the whole definition of vulnerability is kind of what this listener said is being willing to face judgment and know that if you put yourself out there and you get in that arena as Brene Brown, I'm quoting her. So anyone who's like fans of her, like she's amazing. She's brilliant. Read everything that she writes. Mm -hmm. But um, she often talks about the definition of vulnerability is this idea of getting in the arena. Um, Have you heard that quote? Yeah, I have. Yeah, it's awesome. Let me just read it real quick. <laughs> Head on. Sorry, I should have been more prepared than I am. But, I, oh, I'm actually reading her book right now. I don't know if you heard. Oh, guys, I just burped on Skype. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm classy. Her new book, Dare to Lead. Oh, I haven't. I haven't read it, no. Oh, okay. Um... Just pulling it up, guys. <laughs> the anticipation. <laughs> so, okay, got it. So, actually, so Renee Brown, again, if you guys haven't read her, check her out. She does a lot of stuff with vulnerability. And actually, she was the first book I read when I decided to leave. Oh, nice. Uh, 
her book Daring Greatly because it mm-hmm. talks about vulnerability and just like it, it was a kind of a sense of comfort for me to replace scriptures <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with these self-help books because I was like, oh, this is really helpful. Um, but she quotes, it's actually Theodore Roosevelt. Um, he is the one who has this quote, but she draws on the source with like most of her writing. Um, but it says, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the door doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who actually is in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who never, who neither knew victory nor defeat. Oh, yeah. Boom. So basically, like Brene Brown, her point is that she's saying like she doesn't care for anyone's judgment or opinion who's not in the arena with her, which I think is so brilliant. So, yeah. of course, being vulnerable means that you're going to face criticism and judgment. And when you're you're completely yourself, you're going to experience that. But if that person's not in the arena with you, then who gives a fuck? Like their opinion doesn't matter. If yeah. they're not also doing the same thing, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. So I think that's, like, kind of helped me quite a bit since leaving because I was, like you said, Katie, and this listener with judgment is I was like, oh, God, people are going to judge me because I was a weirdo. Like, I did this or I, you know, committed all these sins. I'm doing air quotes again. So they're going to judge me if I really open up mm-hmm, and talk about mm-hmm. these experiences. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm just going to quickly read the other three, and then we can go on. So one is being transparent about your lack of perfection, which is amazing. So just being self-aware. Yeah. Saying, I love you, so many things. Um, Another person said, this is literally my biggest fear. I have high walls and no boundaries. Thanks, hashtag Mormons. (laughs) (laughs) That's brilliant. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then the last one is having open, honest discussions with others on a social media platform about being vulnerable, Aww. which I thought, Aww. oh, that's so sweet. that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's sweet. Um, so, I mean, we could talk about vulnerability for like hours on end. And maybe if you guys, if listeners are interested in another topic, like I, this is one of my favorite topics to discuss because I'm new to it and because I still struggle with it. And it's like. Literally, when I have little major, like, not even majors, opposite, minor breakthroughs of vulnerability, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I go to my therapist. Oh, my God. I had this one moment (laughs) where, like, I actually said what I wanted to say instead of just saying, no, 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 I'm fine. It's okay. And then when he leaves or whoever, I cry and just, like, push it further down. You know? Like, that for me is like, oh, my God. I actually said something. Victory. Yay, and being vulnerable, or even as little as maybe running into someone who was a dear friend of mine growing up, or uh, who maybe is still Mormon or not, and just being really clear on my boundaries and what I believe in now. Yeah. It's not forcing it, it's not pushing it in their face, but it's also not allowing them the power to make me feel guilty or ashamed for living the way I live now. Yeah, you know, I still. I still struggle with it even now. And like, like you and I have talked about, um, 
even this podcast for me is sometimes extremely difficult because talking about my experiences and being open and vulnerable is so scary. And the idea that someone I know that is still Mormon could listen to this is still so frightening, but you've helped me really push myself more to get out there and, and publish these podcasts, which has not been easy, but you have helped me a lot. So thank you, Sarah. Uh, Thanks. I mean, but I, I think it's both ways you as well, because I have those moments too. Katie, you and I were just talking about this when our lovely guest Lisa was on the show a few weeks ago. She, the show, <laughs> like we're famous stars. I mean, come on. on the podcast. We are. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. On, on this famous show we have. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, I do voices. That's a new thing of me being vulnerable, I guess. I don't know. And Lisa published uh, the episode on her personal network, and she and I have several mutual friends, and I was freaking out. I was like, oh, my God, because at first I thought she tagged me on Facebook. And Instagram, I don't care. Like, my Instagram account, I don't care because I don't have any family on there except for two nieces who I'm very open with them, and I've told them every no, three nieces, and I've told them, like, everything they know, and I'm very much support of them living their own lives and not pretending to them either. Cause I mm-hmm. used to have this guilt, like, you know how Mormons put that guilt of you of like, you have to be an example to children. Oh, yes. Like you have to be a good example. And mm-hmm. so I struggled with that so much. And even still occasionally I'll be like, Oh no, if they listen to my podcast, which one of my beautiful nieces does, I saw her on the listens today. And I was like, Oh no, she's listened to six episodes. She's going to think her aunt is a trashy, trashy whore. Like, Oh, <laughs> Oh, uh, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> like, nah. We embrace She the, already knows. Embrace the so. trashy. I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I instantly kind of thought like, oh, that first instinct came to mind. Like I'm not being a good example to her. Like what if, what if I'm like leading her down a dark and evil <laughs> road and, you know, just like really obsessing about it. And I had to be like, stop, like you're not, you're being true. Like you're, you're telling her thing or like just tell like telling your truth in general and that's okay. Like you're being vulnerable. It's okay. Um, but yeah, so when Lisa posted that on her social media, I was freaking out as well thinking, oh my God, it's on my Facebook. All of my family's on my Facebook. My poor mother who doesn't even know what a podcast is going to like search it and then listen to the first <laughs> episode and be mortified that her daughter is talking about gas pills and dildos and shit like lord have mercy you know so it was scary but at the same time I regret nothing I think you know you and I we've only told our our truth so that's all we can do you know right yeah and we have amazing listeners who are really supportive, so that means a lot to us as well. And I think that's what gives us the motivation to keep putting ourselves out there and being vulnerable and risking this. Because, oh, certainly, yeah. You know, when we're big, famous stars on our own <laughs> show one day, <laughs> the truth will come out anyway, so. Right. <laughs> it's true. Um I also feel like we are almost out of our time, so I'm not sure I'll be able to talk about mental health today, but I think it'll be a good way that we can maybe, if, if you guys, like listeners, you have stories or like examples you'd like to share, that would actually be really great because then we could also talk about those kind of like we did on this episode where we read your story, or like your, your responses to the, the story that we posted on Instagram, and then we can just have a more 
basically an open discussion slash it's not open because it's just me and Katie, but you know, we can read <laughs> we your can, thoughts. We can comment. open up the, yeah, open up the discussion on Instagram. We can have a post on there maybe about um, Mormon mental health or even post Mormon mental health and vulnerability. And um, mm-hmm. it'd be great to hear your stories and we can, we can discuss it and discuss everything surrounding that topic. Yeah, I think it'd be great because I, so, um, I participate in this other podcast and Katie and I, I was talking to you about this. We, we did an episode on mental health and it's me and two other lovely ladies and we were discussing mental help and like mental help, <laughs> mental <laughs> health, <laughs> although there should be more mental help for mental help. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Nice, nice one. <laughs> oh my God. I'm amazing. So uh, we were talking about anxiety and I, being the self-absorbed person as normal, was like, only I have this crazy anxiety and these weird tendencies and panic attacks and it's only me. And it was so surprising that like talking about my shit and then hearing these two other women talk about their problems with anxiety and what they've experienced, which was even more intense than mine. I was like, whoa, right. so many people have these issues, but like we're ashamed of them and we hide them. Like I had never told some of these like triggers that I have, these anxiety triggers that I have or like stories of the first few panic attacks I ever experienced and what they were about. I never shared them with anyone. And then I share them with these, (laughs) these two other women and they're just like, Oh yeah, yeah. That's totally one for me too. And I have one that we even top that story. And it's like, (laughs) what? And you're like, whoa, I literally thought I was the only person. (laughs) Exactly. And so it was just like, for me, it was really helpful and comforting because I thought like, Oh shit, like I'm not the only one. And this isn't something I need to be ashamed about because the whole idea with anxiety in and of itself is that like you're anxious about having anxiety. <laughs> yes, that is so true. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't want to talk about it with anyone. You're like mortified that anyone would find out you have anxiety or that you're on medication or like, eh, yeah, it's just like a whole big old hamster wheel that just <laughs> keeps spinning, right? Right. Um, so yeah, so basically, so listeners, it'd be great if you, I mean, obviously we don't wish that anyone has mental health issues, but if you have experienced anything like that, and especially in the church, like we would love to hear your stories or just your input. And it doesn't even have to be in the Mormon church. I think it's just a good episode to have in general on mental health awareness because I feel like there's still such a negative stigma around it mm-hmm. and we need to break that down. So, yeah, I'm with you for sure. Yeah, so we can do that next time. And you guys can give us all your stories because I love them. Me too. Yep. I'm loving it. Oh my and god. Donald, will you please give us money for doing that? You just did advertisement. I just did Sarah, it. Sarah so just, hashtag McDonald's. Sarah just it. snuck in our advertisement there, you guys. Like if you didn't know, we're sponsored by Mickey D's, I guess. Now we're all about general health and like, you know, mental, physical. That's why we're with McDonald's. So. Right? They're just such a healthy company. <laughs> Speaking of story of, I was like, I'm going to be so healthy the past few weeks. I was like, yeah, like, boy and I are only eating and cooking healthy food and vegetarian dishes and blah, blah, blah. And then last night we were like, oh, yeah, let's get some fried chicken. Let's order some fried chicken. I was going to say, like, 
You're from the South. I don't think it would be possible for you to give up Southern food. Like, you know what good Southern food is, and you can make it, so. <laughs> I can't. I can't. The thing is, like, we were so swole afterwards because of all the salt. Like, my toes were, like, next level. Like, fucking little marshmallows down there. My fingers, my rings couldn't even fit on them anymore. I was like, oh, god damn. Here I go. We were drinking, like, five glasses of water before we went to bed because it was so much salt in that fried chicken oh my god! worth it yes was it worth the explosive diarrhea today yes i will still eat fried chicken any day of the week <laughs> but i'm healthy so. you're healthy because you had a salad the day before so balance balance right <laughs> we made mexican i made like my own guacamole the day before so i feel like i was allowed to eat fried chicken yeah <laughs> it was a lot yeah <laughs> that is your word of wisdom balance it out with guacamole <laughs> it says it in the word of wisdom joseph smith and i chatted and i was like hey bro like when you say eat like meat sparingly you actually mean eat fried chicken once a week and he was like yeah that's what yeah. i mean he's like so. you can do that and i'll marry 14 year olds and we'll just not <laughs> tell anyone <laughs> And because I have no moral compass, I was like, all right, man, as long as I get my fried chicken, you get those 14-year-olds. You get them. God, we're terrible. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> on that note, um, are we ready for closing? Prayer. A- any closing prayer? You want to give a closing prayer, Sarah? <laughs> um, Dear Lord, baby Jesus, celestial Jesus. Please let us continue to be vulnerable and not hold our emotions in and also eat fried chicken and not marry 14-year-olds. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Bye.